Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly and co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, today we are here with a couple of, of a special panelists. Uh, they're going to be talking about the impact of homelessness and on veterans' experiences during the holiday seasons. And I'm going to introduce the first panelist, Catherine Monet, is the Chief Executive Officer of the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. Ralph Cooper is the Community and Residential Veteran Services Coordinator, Cloudbreak. Houston, LLC, and co-founder of National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I'm going to start out uh, with uh, Catherine and tell us a little bit about what's going on right now, especially during the holiday seasons. We're facing, you know, Thanksgiving and, you know, other holidays coming up, Christmas, New Year's. What's going on in this whole COVID situation and, and what can you tell us about it? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us. It's always a joy to join you um, for the monthly show. You know, (laughs) the holiday season is always a time for reflection. And I think to some degree, one of the, well, one of the reasons, one of the contributing factors to someone's homelessness is not necessarily having a close-knit group of people who you can call on for assistance or people you can rely on, whether that's family, friends, what have you. And you know, around the holiday season, especially when everybody is really gathering and enjoying their family, enjoying time with friends, it it can be really hard, right, knowing that you're, you know, sort of trying to find your hope, reestablish your life, and, you know, everyone else has something in someone, and you're, you know, still in this place of transition. And so it can be really hard. I think this year especially has what will be a challenge just because of some of the, you know, social distancing requirements and some of the things that, you know, these places that are operating shelter or permanent supportive housing need to do to keep people safe. There's not as much opportunity to gather together. There's not as much opportunity to bring in volunteers. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of folks are really grappling with how, you know, you still make these veterans feel celebrated, how you still acknowledge their service and their need for connection. Yes. And even how you kind of help them manage their mental health. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, and it's especially important now. Um, you know, we have many veterans who um, are living in uh, VA facilities as well and, and veterans who are um, living uh, in their regular home environments. But it's especially tough for people who are homeless, right, because, you, you, you know, we talk about, you know, social distancing and all those kinds of things, but sometimes, you know, your survi- very survival depends on your ability to reach out and to touch people. And this makes it, I imagine, uh, much more difficult for those people who are homeless right now. And, Ralph, why don't you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what you're seeing um, out there and how, how this is affecting our veterans? Well, you know, at uh, the facility that we work with in Houston, we have about 500 previously homeless veterans uh, on on site. Okay. Uh, even though they're, they're in housing now, a lot of them feel isolated, with, especially during this COVID 
uh, situation where Mm -hmm. if someone comes up positive, then we have to quarantine them for 14 days. And then um, they have to, you know, of course, we're constantly testing. Uh, And during this, this, especially Thanksgiving, I think that's the, that's one of the times when uh, veterans really, uh, that especially those alienated from their families, really feel um, that that need to be able to connect and contact with someone close to them. And so, you know, and you are you are absolutely correct in your assessment that that is a real, real big problem. Um, one of the things that happens when men and women who served our nation, you know, it starts off in the military where you're away from home and uh, you really look forward to coming back to the world if you've been overseas or coming home to visit mom and, and relatives. Mm-hmm. And so this carries on into the veteran status. All of a sudden, you're homeless. You don't have anywhere to stay for whatever the reason is, and you you know you you have to adapt to that life on the street or underneath a bridge or what have you. And then here we come along and we say, hey, we can we can provide housing, and the government will pay uh, three quarters of your rent if you qualify. So. We have these uh, situations now where we can't even allow families to come and visit because of this COVID, you know. So, and they can travel um, here in Texas, you know, we we can't go to a lot of the cities and places, even if you have the funds to travel. So it's it's really a, a, a major problem. And, what I'm, uh, what the national coalition uh, with with uh, Miss Monet, uh, we try to come up with methods and ways in which we can make some sort of contact possible. So yes. mm-hmm. um, we do a lot of uh, telephoning and 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 make the um, website available so that people can find a way to connect. Yes, that's phenomenal. Uh, that's, a, that's some really incredible work you're doing, you know, for our veterans and their families because they're, they're connected to people too. And even if you're homeless, doesn't mean that you are uh, familyless. you know, uh, that you don't have friends, that you don't have people who care about you, and even the, your co-service members that, you know, you serve with. You know, Catherine, you know, one of the things as a CEO of the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans, it occurred to me, you know, we sometimes think of um, everything being the same no matter where you are. But throughout the country, we have different geographic regions. We have people who are going through forest fires in California, floods in Louisiana, you know, you know, hurricanes in Florida. We have the snow and ice coming into the Midwest. So as a national person on a national level, you must see uh, such a variety of needs across the country. It's not, you know, just one size fits all, right? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, when it comes to disasters, even when it comes to COVID response, because, you know, 
Mm-hmm. It hasn't just been one consistent wave across the country, right? Different communities are peaking at different times, and it's allowed other communities to really learn from, you know, their experience and their expertise, and to be better off for it. Yeah. So, how, so how how what can veterans do, you know, to assist you, or what can the general population do to assist the uh, homeless veterans? Is there, you know, a website, a phone number? Uh, is there a way that they can actually get involved in making sure that our veterans at least get food and and get uh, some support during this time? Yeah. So I think one of the first things that I'd say mm-hmm. is to stop by NCHV's website. It's www.nchv.org. Um, if you're interested in getting involved on a national level, um, that's where you can really learn more about what NCHV does and figure out how to reach us, or if you are so inclined to push push that donate button, you can do that. There is also on our website a listing of organizations across the country that are serving veterans experiencing homelessness, and some of them are providing employment services, some of them are operating shelters, some of them are providing permanent supportive housing like Mr. Cooper's facility, and I think one of the best things to do in your community is to actually reach out to the local facility serving veterans and ask them what they need, because I think that can vary a lot. I mean, I've heard from some of our members who are looking for food donations. Others are looking for, you know, volunteers to do activities via Zoom with their veterans who are cooped up and getting restless. And there's just a wide variety of need. Mm -hmm. And without understanding what's needed in the local area, I think it's probably a little bit harder to help. But you'd be surprised sometimes at how simple the needs actually are in your community and how easy it is to fulfill them yourself. Yes, you know, and, you know, there was a, a comment made, um, you know, on an earlier show about the uh, unemployment rate for veterans right now. And we're seeing veterans, um, you know, uh, losing jobs, um, and the percentage is, like, really astounding, uh, you know, how it's increased um, uh, recently. And that means that it's not just the veteran, but many times they have families, right? They have children, they have a spouse, you know, um, and, you know, significant other and that can be uh, just, you know, earth-shattering to people. Uh, so right now, what, what would you say to um, employers as far as making sure that veterans, you know, receive some benefits, um, even if they are, you know, in this situation of potentially losing a job, you know, what, what can be done or, um, you know, there's a you know, Department of Employment Security in many states. Uh, but, you know, how, how can people get um, – Restabilized because it, it seems like we're just going off the edge of a cliff sometimes with you know the number of people who can end up in this situation. Well, you know the real unfortunate reality is, mm-hmm. I mean, people watch TV and they see the numbers right. of people who are in the food line. Yes. Never mind, never mind yes. getting yes. Uh, some assistance, getting money, food to eat right. is a, it has now become. Um, a almost a luxury as opposed to the commodity and and that they that they should have available to them. So mm-hmm. you know the we're not there isn't there's no there's no magic. To this. Everybody has to try to do what they can to help out. So mm-hmm. it's 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 not a we don't have we don't have the answer because if that if that were the case we wouldn't be in this in this situation. With the COVID, with what's going on on the national level, with um, with you spoke about unemployment, 
mm-hmm. come the day after Christmas or the, uh, it's going to be over for folks who are receiving unemployment benefits um, that they received from the last stimulus. So, you know, it's it's really a critical situation. And and um, what what uh, Miss Monet was sharing was if you if you're out there and you want to contribute to the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans, and 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 you want to get on the website and find organizations within your community uh, um, that you can that help veterans that you can can uh, participate with or contribute to to get the help to them. Um, I know for Thanksgiving we have churches and some institutions that are coming providing food to Cloudbreak Houston. Yes, <laughs> you know, and they're they're, they're donating uh, things coming up for Christmas. They're going to be also contributing, but this is not this, <laughs> you know this is the most serious thing I've ever seen. And I, you know, and mm-hmm. if, if God spares me, I'll be 80 in July. Oh, and and so this is the worst I've ever seen uh, okay. with this with this pandemic, mm-hmm. with unemployment, with people getting evicted from their home, yes. with homeless on the rise again, right. with veterans committing suicide. It's just overwhelming. Yes, and then and then we're coming up to that time uh, clock, right, where uh, the evictions, uh, I think there's a certain amount of protection in place until the end of December. Uh, but, um, you know, people are going to uh, start getting into that line where they have to start paying this, you know, money back, you know, to um, – and, you know, you have people who are renting properties and all that, and they have to – you know, they have their bills coming in, and they're getting, you know, pushed – Aside, but it, right. you know that, that 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 need for that stimulus, you know, our, our, our congressional members need to be acting quickly. And, Absolutely correct. Yes, and uh, make that's it, what that's what we can ask our listeners to do: mm-hmm. get in touch with your uh, congressional folks. Tell them that you know, let's get let's get this stimulus done on the both on the on the uh, representative side and on the senate side. Right. You know. Um, you know, it's 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 this this is this is a no time to dally on and, and go through. I know we're trying to fix a lot of stuff, but this can happen and can happen quickly. Yes, yes. Um, and, and so, how how is it affecting your operations right now? You know, uh, Catherine. You know, what what do you see as being your major challenges right now? Is it you know the fiscal side? Is it trying to get um, service workers, because even now we have people who are, you know, um, for example, you know, in the, in the healthcare system, uh, people are not doing elective procedures like they used to before, and people are not going in for routine screenings, and, you know, and the, the healthcare force is being shifted into so many different directions, and, and I'm not sure if that's happening on the, in the same level with the people who normally provide these services, who are your workers who are out there, you know, working with people boots on ground. Yeah, so I think there are some changes that organizations that serve veterans are seeing. I mean, we've been lucky in that 
at least my office and the budget that I have doesn't necessarily cover anyone who is a direct service provider. Mm-hmm. So in terms of our operations, what we've been seeing a lot more of is calls on our toll-free referral line, 1-800-VET-HELP. And mm-hmm. those calls have increased dramatically, and they tend to spike around the end of the month, on Fridays, right before holidays. But now it seems like the spikes are sort of tied to the end of unemployment or you know, the end of the eviction moratoriums. And so I I am bracing myself for what will happen come January 1, you know, when unemployment ends, when some of these eviction moratoriums end, because, you know, we're seeing in some places in the news that they're talking about, you know, just tenants in general in this country have amassed something like $84 million in unpaid rent, and that's a lot of money. If you don't have a job, how do you recover from that? But getting back down to the provider level, I think there are some real impacts when you think about the way that some of these organizations are funded from their federal grants, right? So Mm -hmm. for some of the shelter providers, they get paid from VA based on how many people they have in the shelter on any night. So if you've only got 10 people, well, you normally would have 30, but you can't put that many in that space. Uh. You're pulling in less revenue and having to figure out the staffing and some of the structure for that. And, you know, they've been lucky that VA has waived some of the caps on their um, program so that they can pay them a little bit more. But mm-hmm. I think we're still seeing that some of those increased costs are going to be really hard for these providers. You know, you bring up a really important point because, um, I, you know, I wasn't even thinking about that particular uh, angle on that. But if you do have, you know, limited number of people who can be, uh, within one of your facilities, th- those other people you just can't accept, right? So they're, they're basically still homeless. And it, it, what's the plan B, you know, from the federal government side, right? So, well, so <laughs> there has been a lot of flexibility that's been created within programs, and I think that's one mm-hmm. testament to VA's ability to innovate and their desire to serve veterans, right? Okay. So they are able to use their grant funds now, to, you know, procure hotel and motel space to space people yes. out a little bit better, but that's only for the duration of the um, public health crisis. Okay. So, you okay. know, come the end of the public health crisis when you still need to space people out potentially just as a preventive measure, right. you may not necessarily have that luxury, and then you'll sort of be back at square one figuring this all out. Yeah, that makes sense uh, because even with the uh, vaccine, we have two really promising vaccines now. You know, 95% uh, uh, reported uh, about 94.6%, but, uh, you know, you have Pfizer and you have Moderna out there and other vaccines coming online. Uh, But even with that, they're saying that you still have to use your mask and socially distance once you've been vaccinated down the road uh, because you still have about a 5% chance of, you know, potentially getting the virus. And so they're still recommending. They're they're talking about having that available for any kind of real Mm -hmm. hit for the public. Mm -hmm. Um, When, you know, the emergency piece is going to go in probably rather rapidly. But they're talking about April. Mm -hmm. Yes, May. April, May. So That's right. you know, so so we're still in the same bind. I mean, it's not you. Yes. What it's going to increase up until that point, and so it gets to be where it, it, you you just have to try to find uh, little niches where you can can be of some help. I mean, the VA has now. Mm-hmm. Um, at one time, they weren't even letting people come into the VA, but now. You can go in, you have to see 
the people outside first. It's sort of like a triage outside where they they do your um, temperature and and then you and then you're directed directly to an area. It's still practicing, just like you said. They still have to have their masks and they have to um, uh, practice the distancing. But at least now people can get into the VA. It's it's still you know you. If you, I don't know how much you know about the VA, but it's still a process to go through. Just after you get in, it's not going to happen quickly. You may have to be there for hours and hours uh, yes. once you're in. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah, that's right, right, right. But it sounds like, you know, this the, the homeless issue needs to be part of that transitional team planning, right, for the Biden administration, that there needs to be a seat at the table for this um, NCHV, you know, to make sure that these homeless veterans are actually addressed as part of the mass vaccination plan and make make sure that within the next year, two years, three years, four years, we don't know how long this is going to take to you know unfold. And you need to be sitting at the table with that transition team planning for our veterans. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.